Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Perception is Reality. It's your host, David, back with you. This week, we are being joined by the one and only pastor, author, radio host, Christopher Manti. Thanks for being on the show, Christopher. Well, thank you, David. Uh, very humbling, one and only. I guess that's true. We're only, all of us are the one and only, really. Um, so I appreciate the time, Ed. Very much so. Thank you. Uh, so we're a full disclosure podcast. So I think um, I like to tell it sometimes like it's obvious when I'm friends with people and not because I say I'm friends with people. But in this case, we're new friends mm -hmm. because we just met and everybody's my friend that we meet because the guests know that. But your publicist found me somehow, which I'm thankful for. Mm -hmm. So I know very little about you in particular, um, just because I like to keep that way to not have any um, unconscious bias or anything. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself being a pastor and an author and sure. radio show host? I mean, I definitely would appreciate, you know, plug your book now and your radio show. Yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So Christopher Manta is the name of, I was ordained a year and a half ago. Um, in my experience, the Lord had uh, placed a call on me early on in life when I was eight years old. Um, and through just the experience of walking with him and eventually going to Israel, in 2017, um, the book that's now out called Flee to the Mountains uh, was born. And it, I guess like my personality, it's uh, not interested in hype or um, any kind of uh, uh, tease. Uh, we get right to the point, um, which is that I say that it's not a novel, it's not a work of fiction, it's not a theory, that it's real. And being that the podcast is all about that. Um, I think it's an urgent uh, call to, even if you don't believe, if you're not a Christian, that uh, you would see that events in the world um, are all too real right now, uh, and that it's coming to a point where um, we're going to have to make decisions on do we have responsibilities to our fellow man, especially as it relates to Israel, um, in these uh, years leading up to what Bible calls various things like the day of the Lord and uh, the return of Jesus. So um, it's, uh, I feel I gave it the treatment it deserves, which is sobriety um, and uh, not, uh, not hype and not any kind of weirdness because this topic tends to get folks, um, you know, remembering the weird experiences they've had with, with this type of topic, but hopefully it doesn't do that. Um, so fleet of the mountains book.com is where you would find not just the paperback, you can do PDF direct download, you can do uh, Kindle version, you can do the audiobook version. Um, and then there's also an online course that we've built out that just got completed. So you can find that at uh, fleet to the mountains course.com. And you can take your time going through that and um, share it around and get folks who may be interested to just check it out. Like you say, even if you don't particularly agree uh, with the conclusions that at least you would see the, the case that is made. And that's how I um, open the book up, which is making the case. So uh, that's the uh, what's out there now. 
that folks are paying attention to. Generally, um, the ministry that I've started is called Wings of the Eagle back in 2013. You can find that at wingsoftheeagle.com. Uh, basically, it's uh, about uh, some of its teaching, some of it's just um, getting out there, being out in front of the news, um, big on uh, engaging the social media uh, aspect of the culture. Um, if folks who are not in any type of church or anything like that, that's a big um, passion of mine is to connect with those folks. So um, through those things, we just want to do three basic issues, connect the church, you know, believers worldwide, no matter what country you're in, no matter what situation you find yourself in. Um, maybe it's a persecuted situation. Uh, we want to connect with you. Uh, number two, always minister to Israel. And number three, uh, take the gospel to Muslims because that's basically a big scary thing uh, in the Christian world is, you know, how do we, how do we do this? Can we run away from them or something? So we want to say, no, uh, let's let's do the opposite and engage with anyone, anyone who would come into contact with us as believers, but especially um, considering the trouble uh, that there is in in uh, the Muslim world, uh, to always be conscious of that and take the gospel there, as well. So that's that's kind of me in in a nutshell. Okay, well, thanks for sharing all that. That's I have a lot of questions based on that, but awesome. Um, that's not, well, I don't know. We might be here to talk about that. We might not because, uh, I mean, I've had, uh, like I had one guest on who, uh, you know, her career and profession was one thing. And then I was like, so Jessica, what do you want to talk about today? And she's like, I want to talk about organization. <laughs> <laughs> and we spent a long time talking about uh, organizing um, and decluttering our lives um, physically and, and mentally and that had nothing to do with like what I thought it was going to be. So right. um, I don't want to, I, that's one reason I don't like to know anything about the guests. Uh, so I'm not going to make any assumptions, but Christopher, what are we going to talk about today? Well, um, what, uh, let me ask you, you uh, your audience primarily, uh, where do you think folks are at in terms of um, just belief generally? Uh, is there, is there a general uh, consensus that uh, there is God, there's not a God, what happens when we die, uh, what is, what's up with Jesus, like that type of stuff, only because that's where, you know, I feel generally, no matter, you know, book or not, or ministry or not, that's what uh, I feel called to engage folks on, because I think I have a pretty okay. different, you know, way of approaching it. Fair enough. So let me fill you in. Um, I know from... I mean, some of my listeners are friends and family, um, and some of them are friends who are our family, if that makes sense. I think it yep. does. So I can say that we have in our audience, and then the others that I have not yet met, um, feel free to contact me. You guys know I, I, I say this every week, and I say it because nobody's reaching out to me, and, and quite frankly, I think I'm my feelings are hurt, and I'm feeling lonely. So reach out to me. <laughs> yeah, please. But, but the audience, I know that we go from atheist to devout Christian to Hindu to Muslim to I uh, think even Buddhist. I mean, I think we have all the religions uh, represented, um, quite awesome. frankly. Uh, and that's just out of my personal friends that I know that are listening. That's great. Yeah, so basically it's a microcosm of the world. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm... <laughs> really fortunate that I, I, I actually have quite a very diverse friend group that I'm very proud of. That's awesome. So uh, I guess knowing that I would just say um, at the end of the day, 
what is right taking the title of the podcast even perceptions reality um jesus makes some very extreme claims about he not only being you know great teacher xyz but the truth itself so i'm i was faced with this early on in life um to think well what do you, what do you say about me basically he asked peter that at one time who do you say i am and ultimately that's what we're all going to be asked i believe um and reality will is definitely even in now in our day-to-day life is directly impacted uh, by what we say to that question because if we say um well you just you live the best life you can and you're nice to people and then you die and maybe you, then there's a heaven or hell or maybe there's not maybe you go into nothingness maybe you come back as a flower or an animal etc um but your answer to who he is changes all of that it will uh settle some things that are mostly unsettled in most folks minds um for example uh, if if he is who he says he is uh-huh. then it means other things, right? It means that um, there's a God and he not only is some um, force or impersonal situation that, you know, we're slaves to, um, but that he's a person uh, and that he's your father and he created us individually and he loves us individually, not just as humanity, but as individuals with fingerprints, DNA, uh, things that he made on purpose. Um, and then they say, okay, that's pretty interesting. Uh, and then not only that, but um, he's holy. In other words, uh, he's all good all the time. Uh, there's nothing bad about him. There's no reason to not want to be part of the family. Um, but then there's a standard that we fail at, uh, everyone has. And that, so that's, this is causes a separation um, between us and him. And you know, we call that whatever sin and what have you, but uh, there's a separation there and that affects our perception of reality. Um, mm-hmm. You don't believe maybe he's near you or uh, he's uh, something's wrong or he doesn't exist or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so all these things can be bridged. The bridge over that is again, the claims of, of Jesus. If he, if he really is uh, sinless, man and he came as a man and he never did any of that stuff and he never had any separation and he was the perfect like example um about how to live a life and then so that means something and that even though he didn't do anything wrong even though there's no reason to arrest the man or put him on a cross that happened anyways uh, but it wasn't for him you know it was for the fact that uh it was for a purpose that because we have the separation and we don't know what reality is anymore that he would come into the, to the world to do that, accomplish that uh, not only to be suffer the fate that I should have, right. As a person who is a liar or a cheater um, on and on down the, down the line um, that he can bridge that gap. And because he rose again from the dead, that is like the great, <laughs> the great claim of separation, right? Because normally most folks on the earth will say, okay, yeah, 
uh, he was real and, and he lived and he was good and um, he had some good things to say and good ways to lead life and what have you. But he didn't rise from the dead. You know, I mean, he's a man, so he died. Uh, but that's not what he's claimed and that's not what his followers had claimed. So there's that. If that really happened, reality, right? Not just a religious idea. Well, I believe this. Well, I believe that. Well, I believe this. Where multiple things can be true at one time. Either he rose or he didn't. Mm -hmm. And if he did, again, that forces us into, into choice, choices. Um, am I going to um, believe that? Because you still have the choice to, I mean, I can tell you the sky is purple and, and it's, or whatever. No, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it is purple. Yeah, a bad example. Uh, we have two moons, right? Mm -hmm. And I can say that all day. I can believe it. It doesn't make it true. Uh, but still, there is such thing as, as an objective truth. Mm -hmm. And um, so once we settle on that, and that doesn't mean we can't be individuals. It doesn't mean we can't be artistic. It doesn't mean we can't do any of that stuff. Again, he created us with these things. Um, so once we settle on that, then we can say, okay, you know what, this is real. And, uh, since it is, then I can trust what he said. And even though it's in, by this time, it's a 2000 year old book, who cares? Um, I can't possibly be right. <laughs> Things change, right? Culture changes rules and, you know, society. Um, but again, if it's more than that, if it, there's a supernatural element, right? If there's something beyond what we can tangibly touch, um, then we've got to give some thought to it. And just personally for me, you know, in my life, uh, there has been many times where that I know now what to call it, but you call it a, um, um, a supernatural existence, a, a serendipitous um, experience of life where, you know, things are just coming together for, you know, call it coincidence or what have you. Um, and things are lining up to get you to an exact place and exact time. And you know that it's not something you're doing, right? It's happening to you or being arranged for you. And so basically at that point, you're like, well, there's God or the universe or something, right? Is, is conscious, and uh, it's, it's making these things happen. So even at that, whether you believe the Jesus thing aside, if you experience something like that, like a lot of folks probably do, um, then that's evidence for uh, something beyond our, our flesh and blood um, perception, right? What we can see or, or hear or... Um, so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Just, you can talk now. You're the no, host. No, it's fine. I, I, well, I, there's so many things because I, I like to, I like to think about religion quite a bit, and I'll explain all of that just so you know. Again, full disclosure: I don't like anybody to ever think that I'm uh, coming at them one way or the other. So I'll tell you how I feel about it, and then we'll just, we, we, just so you know where I'm coming from, uh, because I don't ever like to catch a guest off guard or make them feel like they need to be on the defensive. That's not what this podcast is about. And I'm not saying that to make you feel like that's what it's about because we're, you're going to find that we're, we're fairly aligned here. Um, but I just have a, a unique way of thinking of things. That's 
part of the probably part of the reason why I have the podcast is that I don't think I think like a normal person. But huh. all of that aside, so I'm trying to think about what we want to focus in on because there's the perceptions of religion as religion. There's the perceptions of belief in God. And then there are people who believe in God, but believe Jesus was a prophet, but not was a prophet, but not necessarily uh, the son of God or, or our savior. Mm -hmm. So there's like many layers to that. So I don't know. And I'm not saying we won't get to all of them because knowing me, we probably will. And it'll be five hours later. And you're going to be like, David, it's been five hours. <laughs> Cut a brother some slack here, man. Just, you know, let's, gotta go. yeah. you know, I, I got to go. I've got things to do. It's been nice talking to you, but in, in all seriousness, so I don't know. Because depending on your answer to that, I have questions uh, because let me just, let, I, I've talked about this and, and just so every get, every audience member knows, I think you know this, that I don't require my guests to listen to the podcast. There are very little requirements to being on the podcast. One is I just need to, actually, I think the only requirement is I need a photo of you so I can update uh, with, the ep, with the episode. I think that's really it. So um, I never assume anybody's listened, but I talk about religion in a few different episodes. So right now I'm having a personal crisis with organized religion. I feel that organized religion is a means of control. It always has been a means of control and it's not necessarily for the people. I feel like there was a time of innocence and then people were put in power and people, people are people. Um, and, and I'm going to say this, people suck. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm, I say, Christopher, mm -hmm. I just want to warn you, I will, I will say things in an extreme to make the point. It's not that I'm saying that that's my firm belief, but I'm just trying to make the point. Like mm -hmm. people get yeah. into power, they usually seek power because they want the power. Um, and I, it's like with politicians. Like I believe that there are a few politicians in the world that actually got into it because they wanted to be a good public servant. And then I think one of two things happens to them. One, they don't do well in the system because they're not willing to play the game and they they don't get reelected or two they learn how to play the game which leads to corruption so I, I associate not fully but in a way that's how i see organized religion and i look at my own faith as catholicism like look at all the priest cover-ups and everything like mm. that and all all of those negative things um so you know there's there's it's hard to, sorry about the dogs, everybody. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, that's, that's little Ricky Bobby, the Chihuahua. Um, oh, awesome. <laughs> Does he, he drive? Is, well, you know, if you're not first, you're last. So um, he's making his podcast debut. So um, uh, by the way, Christopher, this is a life happens podcast. So it's okay if this stuff happens. I don't mind. Oh, good. Because my children might come in at any time. Yeah. We've had many children on the podcast in the past, not on purpose, but it's, it's, People on this, people that listen to this podcast know that life happens and I endorse that, you know, because <laughs> we're people and we're human. That's so anyway, that's my thought on organized religion. I don't have a problem with God. I have a problem with organized religion. Got it. So that's, that's where I'm coming from, from, from that perspective. Um, and I feel like, you know, when you brought up your example, um, you know, when Jesus was, was, uh, sent to death, sentenced to death and crucified that, you know, the people that, you know, there, I guess there's two ways to think about it. One, if I'm following your line of thought is that those people were predetermined to, to think negatively of him and they had to do that to fulfill what was going to happen. They had to do that. Or 
there is the other side, which may, I don't know if it's sides. Um, let's just say it's like an octagon. There's eight sides here. I don't know. I'm just going to use the word sides. I don't know how to describe it. But mm -hmm. there is another line of thought of thinking that those people, the Pharisees, or I think the Pharisees were in charge back then, or whoever it was, um, was like, okay, there's this dude, Jesus, and like, you know, he's kind of like talking sense to people, and that sense is usurping the authority that we have. So he's got to go. Um, you know, and it wasn't necessarily like they're just, I guess, I guess you know, those, I guess the two kind of go together because that's why else would they act that way? I don't know. I'm, I'm looping myself around, but hopefully you can bail okay. me out here. Yeah, so yeah We can yeah. talk about that or we can talk about religion or we can just talk about faith in general. Like that's cool because yeah. there's a, there's so many different ways here and I am not going to pretend that I know one tenth of the information that you know, but I do also when we talk about the Bible, I mean, it was written by many different people and it was written much longer after, well, I mean, there was the old Testament, the new Testament was written uh, longer after Jesus died. Mm -hmm. And then, so I, there's, I, I'm, can, do you mind if I just bat hand the baton to you and just like, like yeah, man. I, dealer's yep. choice? You're the dealer. What do you, what, what, Sweet. which one, what do you want I to I love it. About? Dude, this is like the greatest thing that can happen to a, to a preacher. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right. I'm, I was born in the Catholic church, uh, -huh. uh up until, uh, confirmation age. So 15 ish. Uh-huh. Um, and it's not that I didn't have any kind of violent, you know, revulsion or something totally negative happened where I had to leave. Um, it was more of a theological issue in my mind. Um, oh yeah. Cause we could spend a whole, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, no, I usually okay. don't do that, but I was just thinking like, I didn't even mention that now that I know you were, um, I had another guest on Sean Douglas a couple weeks ago and he's a, he calls himself a reformed Catholic cause he's now, he's still Christian, but not Catholic. So yeah. like, we were talking about the catechism, like mm -hmm. just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. Carry yeah. On. Carry That's on awesome. Christopher. Free Dude. Well, yeah. Go. The, the CCD class as we called it. Um, yes. yep. I had to go through all that. And actually, one of the uh, instances in that class was very um, profound in my walk, which was um, the teacher, you know, we're 14, 15-year-old kids, and the teacher just brings up, well, okay, uh, who in here thinks they deserve to go to heaven? And I was like, well, hang on, I got to think about that. You know, like, let me, let me think a second, but a couple of young ladies were v instantly had their hands up and said, yes, absolutely. I definitely deserve to go to heaven. I am a great person. Like to me, uh, even today, that would really throw me for a loop. Like, okay. Um, well, you're very sure about that. You know, you're really sure about how good you are. Uh, how, how, what are you measuring that against exactly? Um, what have you, you know, are, is there examples? Like, how do you get there? How do you get there? It's not that God, I know, I know God loves us uh, or believe that, but um, that's really, really, really sure. Uh, so that goes to the whole, um, you know, justification by whatever works and all that theological stuff. But what you are saying, and I, I am not one of those guys who, who says we're predestined to do anything. Um, it's just a consequence, cause and effect situation. Okay. It's um, eventually we're going to run afoul of the rules. 
And it's not that it's predestined to be. It's just that, again, it's a natural consequence. It's, you know, the New Testament would refer you back to Adam and Eve to say, well, they, they had God face to face. And there was no faith issue there. Um, but yet they still didn't listen. They, they still went against what, what they were instructed to do uh, because this other party showed up. And it appealed. Again, you know, Satan's old um, line still applies, which is, did God really say that? Right? Yeah. Did God really say that? That was the, that's the serpent's line to Adam and Eve. Uh, are you sure? <laughs> um, so that's where it all starts. And that's why they ended up messing up. Because, well, maybe we're not positive about what he said. I guess this is okay. Well, all right. I'm sorry. I need it. And I'm sure you have, you, I know for a fact you have an awesome point, but I just need to interject here real quick. Go for it. So I can get now, like, cause I, I often will think that like, you know, did Jesus really do that? Did God really say that? Did so-and-so name the person in the Bible? Did they really do that? Did the person really write it? Whatever, you know, accurate. But if I'm Adam and Eve and like, you know, I'm in this awesome garden and I, and I got one-on-one -on -one time with the man and someone, mm -hmm. and if somebody outside of myself is saying, did he really say that? I don't know. Call me cray cray to quote the Kardashians. <laughs> I would be like, all right, well, let's ask him. Yeah. Cause yeah. I don't know. I'm huge on communication. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, if I had that access, I don't think, well, I, I, again, I feel now I feel like I'm that girl in your class. Like I'm going to go to heaven because I'm awesome. <sighs> like, I feel like I would, I feel like my, in my inner being, I would be like, well, let's ask him, ask him yourself. He's right there. Yeah, like, is they, no man, you are right dead on. That's exactly what they should have did. That's exactly what they should have done. Like, Hey dad, um, I was told this other thing. What's, what's, what's the truth? Can you clarify? You know, did you really mean that? Did you mean like, right. I'm hundred okay. percent with you, dude. So, uh, that's exactly what should have happened. But so, they were human just like us. And right. so yeah. I just need to make this point and then I'm going to let you carry on. I promise. But yeah. I just want everybody at home to know this right now from like, if you leave with this podcast with anything today, this is the major point. Humans suck at communication from day zero. Like we suck at it. <laughs> Adam and Eve screwed it up. We had no hope. Yeah. Amen. Just, I'm just saying. So when That's you right. get home today and you look at your kids, your partners, your spouse, or if you're at work, just remember the precedence was set wrong with communication, but you can correct it. Communicate with your fellow human being. Amen. All yeah. Right. Go yeah. Ahead. Preach on brother. Uh, yeah. 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 That's a huge, huge deal. And it, even today, I mean, nothing has changed. And so like my pastor, my church will always be like harp on the fact, like he'll make a up and down motion with his hand. He says, if this is not right, meaning between you and the Lord, if your communication is not adequate, if your prayer life is not adequate, if you're not spending the time, if you're not, uh, uh, de devoting the, like you say, going to him for the answer instead of depending on some outsider or your own mind or whatever, if you're not going back to him with the question, get that right first, that vertical uh, communication line. And then once you do that, all the horizontal relationships you have, meaning your spouse, your kids, your parents, your associates, that will smooth out. Because 
if if there is a God and you believe in him and here he is talking to you and prayer is two-way street, right? You're talking to him and then he responds. And so when you get that going, all the rest is going to smooth out because he's he invented it, right? He invented everything. He invented communication. So he can tell you exactly how to deal with these things, right? Go to your wife, go to your husband, go to your kids, go to your parents, whatever, whatever the case. Uh, right. So it is, it, if we got priorities straight, if priorities are straight, like Adam and Eve didn't do there, right there, if you go to the source, get it cleared up, then nothing else is going to get uh, trouble you because you'll be, you'll be established. All right. That's good. Okay. That's really the first step in once we acknowledge that certain things might be true. And by the way, I just want to go back to not to say that questioning things are wrong, right? We want to say, well, did God really say this? Or all I'm saying is that's the first foray that the enemy will use. Even though God has said this, that he'll come in and say, are you sure? Right. Put the seed of doubt, right. To, to get you to, to question something you already know is true. That's what the, that's what the enemy does. Um, but asking questions and digging for truth and, and digging for even in the scriptures, like, Hey, who wrote this and when, and how long after, and this and that, those are very good things. God is not intimidated by questions. And I think that goes to your point about, you know, organized religion and all that. Cause when I came up in the Catholic church and I heard stuff from the uh, pulpit when I was a kid saying Noah, Noah's Ark and the stories of the old Testament were not true. They're just stories to illustrate a spiritual reality. I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Why am I here? Like you got to, you got to keep it consistent, right? If you want me to believe that uh, this man was born of a virgin and he lived a sinless life like no one else ever in history, and then he rose from the dead, you expect me to believe that, but not that there's a great flood on the earth? Well, it seems harder to believe the Jesus stuff, right? Mm -hmm. If you're talking about Noah's flood, that's not really a big deal. You got in a boat and you survived the rain, so what? Uh, you see what I'm saying though? Just, yeah. just that, just having the, the, the uh, audacity to say, hold on a second, priest so-and-so. Uh, I heard you say this, how could that be true? Like, that's not consistent either because Jesus talked about the Old Testament all the time, right? Have you not read, have you not seen when he dressed down the Pharisees? You're right. They were basically, they were a political party mm -hmm. and they were in control. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the conservatives and the liberals of the day. And that's totally consistently true. Um, both of them were off kilter. None of them had it right because they weren't consulting the scripture or what they've had revealed to them previously. They wanted their own system, right? They wanted their own way to do it. So they all invented some stuff that wasn't in there. <laughs> That's why the Lord would constantly say, hey, have you not read this? I, we already addressed this with the, with the Sabbath, with the healings, with the demons, right? With all this stuff. And you should know who I am. So you, you have all the information. I gave you the prophets. The prophets told you when I, the book of Daniel tells you when Jesus was going to be born to the year. And they didn't know that this is the Messiah, 
right? So he's he's dressing them down, because, not because they were even that that they were bad or or whatever or you know being sinful, but you should have known because I already told you, right? It's already in there, like ragu or no prego. Yeah, Prego is in there. <laughs> it's in there. And for the right. international folks, if you don't have Prego, it's a it's a canned um, Italian uh, tomato sauce that you put over like spaghetti or pasta or whatever. And then <laughs> their slogan is "It's in there." It's in there. See, I I'm like feel like Dennis Miller half the time with these <laughs> references. Uh, so I'm a big Dennis Miller fan. I just like way. everybody to know uh, to be in on what we're talking about. <laughs> You're very wise to do that because I just skip right over that part. Um, yeah, so it's the point is, uh, it's in there and it's always been in there, right? Even if you're a Pharisee 2000 years ago, if you're a uh, you know a Catholic priest uh, a thousand years ago, if you're if you're Martin Luther or whoever down through the ages, and now in my, it, with my personal story, as I started off in, uh, in the Catholic Church, and you know, I didn't hate the Jesus and the God stuff, and but I did have questions and there weren't answers. Either they didn't know it or they weren't interested in telling me. Or maybe there was, the truth is, they probably had inconsistent belief, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but one priest said this thing and one said the other, and they both really didn't agree. Mm -hmm. uh, on the basics, okay, not the minutia, on the basics of the faith, that's a big, big problem uh, for someone who's trying to uh, say, yes, I am part of your church. But what the heck do you believe? You got to, we had to get a consistent story anyways. So from that, you know, 15, 16, 17, I'm now I'm, I'm graduating high school and uh, I know I, I feel close to God. I do. I, f I feel like the Holy spirit as what we know to be l later in life. You say, Oh, that was you. Holy spirit. The same Holy spirit that's setting up all these, all these serendipitous things in your life is the same one who wrote the Bible. And he's the same one who, is the Lord in heaven, and he's the same one who died on the cross, man. You know, okay, this is, this is exciting. Um, so anyway, so uh, coming out of that, like I just had too many questions, and, and they had weird uh, eschatology. That's a fancy word for end times belief, you know, second coming type of uh, lessons. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we, I, I'm hoping we're going to go there a little bit too later. Yeah, well, we can. Um, but so it was from that because I always loved reading the Bible. I love Revelation. I love Daniel. I love these weird, you know, the weirdest parts of the Bible I thought were the best. And because uh, I, like, I didn't understand it, but I knew it was important. Why would you write it? That was my question. You know, why is this in here? It's got to make, it's got to be in there for a reason. So uh, from that, I basically, you know, became obsessed with just absorbing and, and um, reading all I could about the topic, the end time stuff. And um, so I went to the library. I don't know if you're old enough to remember, there used to be these things called libraries where you would actually go and check out books uh, and read them and then return them. And so I checked out the whole shelf, okay, in my local library of all this end time stuff. And there was about, you know, 15 or so novels in there and books. And so I just devoured them all. And almost all of them had one point of view, which I thought was right because I'm not smart. and They are. They wrote something. I don't know anything, so they must be correct. And because the basic understanding of it was jiving with what I saw when I read, not what the Catholic Church said, but that uh, Jesus is coming again. And he sets up a thousand year reign on the earth with us. 
But the Catholics have a different version of that. They say, no, 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 the thousand years is actually now, and Jesus is reigning spiritually. And he is coming, but when he does, that's just the end of everything, right? The, the, everyone's judged, everyone who ever lived, and it's a new heaven, a new earth, and we don't know nothing else about it. Right. But that's, so that's, what that's his, are you talking about like the difference between rapture and what that means? Kind of. Okay. Uh, th yeah, this is what they call millennialism. E either okay. you believe in a literal thousand year uh, reign of Jesus on the earth after he comes back or you don't. And so if you're a pre-millennialist, that means you believe, yes, Jesus is coming for a thousand years on the earth with us. Or if you're not, if you think that's spiritual or it's not literal, then you're amillennialist or amillennialist, um, or you believe all prophecy is already completed. That makes you a preterist. Okay, all these fancy words. Um, point is, it, the real line of uh, debate is, is there a thousand year period or not? Or is it coming in the future or is it existing already? So the not just the Catholics, by the way, the Catholics, the Orthodox Church, uh, the Lutherans, all the major Protestant denominations all teach amillennialism. In other words, that there is no thousand year reign, that it's here now, this is it. And <laughs> I'm, a, uh, I'm associates with a, another ministry who uh, goes around the world and uh, he tells a story about an uh, older lady from Scotland, I believe it was, who came up to him after and they taught about the millennium. And she says, you know, I think you're right. Because if this is the millennium now, the millennium really sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you're right. It would. <laughs> I don't want to, this is it. This is it. This is what Jesus died and rose for. This is the, the great promise of all the saints. I don't think so. I hope not. Cause if it is, I don't want to be in this party. Right. I've had, this is not a reward of any kind. Uh, this is bad. Okay. It's flat out bad. Uh, like you say, people, what'd you say? People suck. Um, people, people suck. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, there's good people. Don't get me wrong. Again, yeah. I say that to make a point. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. It, Cause it's true. You go anywhere and you find them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's, this is certainly not what I'm reading about. What, when it says Jesus is going to rule on the earth for a thousand years and rule with a rod of iron where there'll be no evil. And the, to, the, to the point where there's no death at the end, right? Um, no suffering. Every, he'll wipe away every tear from your eyes. But that is not yet. So there is something coming that uh, is much better than what we've got. So that was my basic understanding. And so I absorbed everything that told me that. I reinforced that. Um, idea and but then as you're pointing out this whole rapture issue comes in on top of that okay thank you which, that, that makes sense yeah. okay yeah which is if we all okay we believe the millennium is coming still though this thousand years of jesus is future okay great but then there's this extra layer of will there be a rapture in other words will the lord come and take the church the believers out of the world literally and take them off to heaven while the really bad stuff happens on the earth for seven years, three and a half years, some period, depending on who you listen to. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, again, I don't see that in the Bible. I see there's this period that gets worse and worse called the tribulation, the great tribulation, and it's centered on Israel, and it's the church gets the brunt of it if they stand with Israel. Um, 
then the Lord returns. And at that point, yes, we are gathered to be with him, but that's mainly because of logistics, right? If, if you're in, uh, you know, Montana and he's coming to Jerusalem, he's got to pick you up. It's Uber, right? Like he's yeah. got to come collect the, collect the guys first. Come on with the, you know, get the crew together. We're, we're, we're marching tonight. Uh, so that's the purpose of the, the rapture. Because when I say, fo- and I come, you know, I run into Christians every day. They say, hey, you know, what about this? What about, I thought we we're going to, uh, Jesus is going to take us home. Like, if he wants you to go to heaven, he'll give you a heart attack. I mean, really, I mean, if, if, if we believe I'm going to, if I'm a believer yeah. and if I die. If he wants you bad enough, he has ways to get you. I mean, it's just. A lot of ways. I mean, there's just. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. There's, Tons I of mean, ways. He doesn't need to do that. That's your, that's the point of what the Bible is trying to say is that day is different, right? That day is different because our actual bodies are going to be transformed into a resurrected body like he has that never gets old, never gets sick and never dies. That's a, that's a big moment in history. And the point of that is you don't need those bodies. If there's, you know, if heaven is, if Jesus is, is there and with the souls of people who died, we get that as mentally, right? Like you're mm-hmm. a soul, you have a soul and you can be with him when you die. Okay. But the body is not needed up there. The body is for the earth, just like Adam and Eve, right? So if you get these that we're in now, again, they suck kind of, um, right? They get old, they get sick, they die. Uh, all kinds of bad stuff happens. But with this new situation, that doesn't happen anymore. So that's what, again, I believe, if you're talking about the return of the Lord and, the, and some people call it the rapture, I just call it the gathering to, to Christ. So when, you're, when you get that new ball game, right? We're not going to heaven to watch stuff. We've been through it and now we're going to reign on the earth. And by the way, uh, it's super cool because he says, if you've been faithful in little, uh, that means you'll be faithful in much. So if you've been faithful in little, he'll say to that person here, have five cities. And uh, I don't know how to spiritualize that away. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I how, do. how does that apply, you know, without being literal? I'm not sure. But anyway, so the earth is for that. And if, you, if you're one of his kids, if you're on the team, if you're in the family, he's going to actually give you places. Hey. I, uh, I hear, you know, Delaware needs a governor or whatever. Uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but it's, it's, it's a lot more, um, it, you know, on the ground, um, dirty, you know, serious than, than we were thinking, I think. We haven't given yeah, that enough thought. Yeah, but not everybody can be a, a, go- a governor. I mean, and then. Correct. I mean, logistically, how many millions of people or billions have died from. I don't know how, well, let's just say for the last 2000 years. Right. Yeah. So, but we don't even, that's a, that's a good point. However, we don't know the number, right? Like we, we, I don't, maybe, I, we're no, overestimating. I do. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, and then if we all come back and have a, an earthly body again, that's been resurrected, that's a lot of people. Yep. But I mean, if that scenario comes true, I mean, you want to talk about loaves of bread and fish, I'm pretty sure <laughs> we won't have anything to worry about if that happens because but I'm just saying there, there's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but it's kind the of planet's big. The planet's big enough for uh, way more folks than we even have today, believe it or not. 
No, uh, I, I do believe it. It's not, I mean, resource wise, it's not right now, but again, that's why yeah. I, 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 pre I suffixed that and said, well, it's not an issue. I mean, if we're talking about the man who correct work the miracle to feed thousands with uh, two loaves of bread and five fish, I'm pretty sure if you he can it. bring us all back, then we're going to be fed, watered. You, and you got it. And by the way, he said, David, if you believe you're going to do the same things I can do. Wow. Like so you, you won't only need to not worry about having bread and water. You can do that for someone else. How awesome is that? That's not to, cool not stuff. right now, but in the, in that period, right? When you have your new body ready to go and you can say, Hey, I'm going to go feed them right over there with loaves and fish or whatever, or pasta and sushi or yeah, I whatever. Know. I mean, you know, I'm in the South, so maybe it's a, a I'm in Texas. Maybe it's a brisket. I don't know. Oh, a nice brisket. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> sure. It's a barbecue. Right. Yeah. Seriously. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a few things that I want to ask you about. So when you talked about, and I'm going to, I only was able to write one down because I really wanted to pay attention. And sometimes when I take notes, I pay attention more to what I'm writing then. So I hope that my memory is still working. But yep. the one thing that I wrote down was like the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. So I can totally get the concept of how the Holy Spirit comes forth and he's, he's like, okay, um, I need you to write this stuff. You're not even going to know that you're writing it, but dude, right. You're going to write this stuff down. You're going to be in, uh, how do I want to say it? inspired to write all of this down. Mm -hmm. And maybe after the fact, you realize that you even did it. Yep. How, wow. how, can there not be an influence from the other side? So, and I'll give you an example. There was some article that I read about the impeachment going on. And there's this one dude who didn't like the way he was in charge. He was the guy that was in charge of like taking the final writing of how the impeachment was put into the constitution. And he just did not like how it was written. He was against it the whole time, but since he was in charge of it, he, and I'm, I'm going to oversimplify. And if somebody wants to argue with me, I'll, I'll find the article, whatever, whatever, whatever. But basically he put a comma in a different spot or he changed one word. So the sentence read the same, but the meaning legally was interpreted differently. Mm. Mm -hmm. So how do we know? And I guess it's a, a trust thing. This goes, this goes into my, my, I guess, distrust of organized religion. Like how do I know that there's not some corrupt, cardinal someplace or something I, and, and like how do i know that there's not that influence that has been in in the bible someplace or that maybe things have been omitted you know there's because mm -hmm. there's books that we found in various things that were omitted from this version of the bible like how do we know that those aren't, yeah. aren't good like what is it the book of thomas or something i don't i'm just it's been a while since i've gone down this road christopher so you'll have to forgive me for my my memory lapses nothing to forgive and if yeah. I'm throwing, if I'm throwing the wrong kind of spaghetti at the wall, just correct me. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not. good with it. You're not. So how, how do I know? And then, and, and then another example is if, if I remember, cause, cause I like to figure out how things are done. If I remember correctly, the Catholic Catholicism, the Catholic faith that we have today was formed at a council many, many years ago. And there were three ruling or, or three governing Catholic faiths and they were different there was like gnostic and something else and something else 
and they got together to basically roll dice, and I, I'm being silly to make a point, to roll dice and to see who, whose faith was going to take the day and who was going to be the leading Catholic faith of the time. Mm-hmm. And the Gnostics didn't win, and the, the, I forget the version that we're in now. Maybe it's the whatever. The, you probably know. But, um, you know, how do we know there wasn't an influence there? Maybe the Gnostics were right. And, you know, the, 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 the guy that won that was like, my version's better than your version was just an evil dude. And, you know, led us all right. astray for the last 2,000 years. Yeah. yeah. These, are yeah. The, these are the types of questions that I have. I don't, how do, I don't know. And yep, I got I have, you. and the answers that I've been given, and I'm not saying you're going to do this, but I'm just telling you again. I like to over-explain so you know that where I'm coming from. I'm not arguing or putting you on. I don't want to ever put you on the defensive or any any guess. But how this is where I forgot my point. This is where my my conundrums lie. Is and and that yeah. Get, cut cut to the root. That's good. Yeah, and how easily people can be manipulated because people can be manipulated so easily. And, and it's not even if you have somebody who has um, what, whatever you want to name him, the opposition, Lucifer, mm-hmm. Satan, the devil, whatever. Like, I mean, he's, you know, he's got angelic qualities. He's fallen angel, right? So, I mean, he can do mm-hmm. stuff. Yes. Like, and if people can, if I can manipulate somebody, I'm sure... <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he can sit back on his couch. Have you ever seen that commercial on TV? And I'm just going to describe it. So it's, it's, a, it's an insurance commercial. And they're talking about getting a rebate. Because like if you have this certain car insurance and you do a good job, they give you a yes. rebate at the end of the year. Yes. And there's this guy, an old guy, and he's got this dollar bill at the end of a fishing pole. Yeah. And he's represents the insurance company and the girl right. can't grab the dollar bill. So, I mean, if I can do that to somebody, surely he can do more. Right. Yep. I, I know the commercial too. He's, he's in, he's in the whole fishing gear yes, and he's in pulling the out the gear. dollar. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep. And he's, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm almost got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I totally get your point, man. A hundred percent. Okay. Here's, here's my best answer on that. Um, I'm not in the excuse making business. Uh, the Bible that we have, see, this is the thing that I believe God has done. Mm-hmm. By using various authors over centuries, uh, uh, separated by hundreds and hundreds of years, between you know Genesis and Revelation, you're talking about 1,500, 2,000 years, just to compile a book. Um, and so when you get a consistent message, that's how we can discern that, okay, this is actually the Spirit of God working, um, not the enemy or not confusion, not men. Cause the Lord knows, like we were saying, men will mess this thing up. Whether it's Adam and Eve, whether it's the Pharisees, whether it's the Catholics later, whatever, and not to pick on them. Right. Right. We're not, and again, all my Catholic friends out there that are listening, we're not yeah. picking on, I'm not I'm picking not. on our faith. I'm just, this is, again, this is David's personal struggle that we're airing on air. You should, And that's good. That's good that we're sharing it. So the Bible that here's the bottom line, real quick answer. The Bible that you have or we have today, and there are different translations. Okay, we get that. There's different versions of English, for example, but the uh, where it comes from are manuscripts that are older than English. In other words, when they had these councils, like what you're referring to, yes. Council of Nicaea and yes. all these, things, 
Yes. But by the time those happened, we already have the Bible that you have today. There was the only difference is some books were included and some were excluded. But what those and you they're all available now. It's not like there's some secret yeah. stash somewhere. No, you know? no, they're all you can go research them like I did. You can find them and you can read yep. them online. Yep, yep. And the to this day, the Catholic Bible has extra books. So I ironically, because the 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 assumption usually is well, they kept things out, so they have less than there should be. But there is no Bible that has more books in it than the Catholic Bible. Um, so there are things, yeah, I didn't realize are, that. Yep. So if you go and you'll see a whole nother section called the Apocrypha, sometimes you'll hear it called. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've seen the Apocrypha. I, yep. I, I like to read, study that. I didn't yep. know that that was I those mean, are the extras. Yep. I those don't remember are, seeing that in my, my public. I, I always thought that was like uh, extra. Yeah, that's kind of what it means. You're like extra revelation. Um, so you got Baruch and Sirach and um, like extra parts to the book of Daniel, which like yeah. I said, when I was little, I was totally into that. Uh, Bell and the Dragon, like Susanna and like, what the heck? So yeah. there's these extra, extra things that the Catholics have in there that later the reformers came back and say, hey, wait a minute, let's go back to the source here. Um, what does the manuscript evidence tell us? You know, and a lot of these, um, the Apocrypha, all of them, were written after the Old Testament and either right before Jesus or right after him. So it's like first century type of writings. Um, so that's kind of why they're looked at like, uh, okay, they're fine and all, um, but are they scripture? Like did God write these or did, you know, godly people right. just put, give their uh, advice or, or their version of history like the Maccabees um, there's several books of Maccabees and this is, that's just historical. There's no claim of like supernatural origins or any miracles or um, other than the Hanukkah story, I guess. Um, but the point is, yeah. So there's, there's extra, but in the three hundreds, when these councils started, the reason they had these councils was because there was disagreement. Right. Because, well, we think this, or we think that, or the Gnostics, like you're saying, they had like the, there's this whole thing called the Gnostic gospels, which are like Thomas and like, these other ones that were clearly written after 100 AD, or at least uh, when Paul was writing, there was this other whole thought process that they made Jesus into whole, somebody completely different, but it wasn't like a whole slew of evidence. It was like one book. It's like, well, if we have the 99% says this, and one book says something completely, we got to throw that 1% out away, because why, why keep it? It's inconsistent. You know, it just doesn't make sense based on the older stuff. Anyways, um, what? so by 300, we have the actual, and this goes for Muslims also, because they'll say, um, well, the Bible's corrupted. The Bible you have today is corrupt because it was changed. And I would just, and I do say, when exactly was it changed, please? Where's the um, original version? Where's an older one? Where's the two competing versions so I can look at them? Because I would like to know. There is none. Because we have everything in your Bible by 300 AD was done. Compiled. We have evidence. We have manuscripts. We have actual paper uh, with these same things on it. So if whether you believe it or not is not the issue. Like, that's your choice. 
Right? That's all of our individual choices. Whether you take for it, you know, take it for what it says or not, your call. But we know that biblically, that we, these books that were in the Bible that you can get at your bookstore at Amazon is the same stuff. Now, different languages, uh, different words over time, these and nows became used in mind, right? Um, those types of things, sure, evolved. But the actual uh, source materials have not. And even though that was good enough for many, many hundreds of years, back at, now the 20th century comes around and people are starting to question everything. Oh, I don't really believe any of this really happened. And the Exodus and the, right, the Noah's flood and all that's Jesus, virgin birth. That's all garbage. That's, nobody believes that anymore. Well, then God's like, hang on a second, guys. <laughs> Check out this. And the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And this cave in the middle of Israel, in the mountains, all of a sudden, it was just like this treasure of old scrolls um, full of the Old Testament. So we can actually compare and say, wow. Um, and we know this, these jars that they were found in and all these things, we know that they were over 2,000 years old. We know that they were older than the time of Jesus. And we have scrolls from, let's say, Book of Isaiah, which we do, complete uh, chapters from Isaiah. That's the exact same one we've got today. So now we've got another link, not just from the 300s, from the Catholic you know, debates over the original church. Right. Now we can go back 400, 500 years before that and say this stuff was the same. Certainly the Old Testament. Um, and even some of the books that were like debated in those times, like Enoch. Oh, yeah. I- that was hotly debated. And frankly, I think it's, correctly hotly debated because it's very very interesting um oh, the yeah. first one not oh, dude. there's like 10 enochs and all that yeah yeah we the first totally one if you're looking that. at first enoch oh mm-hmm. it's tremendous so uh it's quite possibly scriptural but anyways don't quote me on that i guess you have to it's not edited um yeah, but that's fine that. i love it <laughs> i love reading it um because the did you know the first chapter of the book of enoch is the return of jesus come on yeah come on lord like, and, and that was, that was in 200, at least we know for a fact it's at least 200 to 300 BC. So the book of Enoch, again, you can get it anywhere. The original, the first one, I mean, cause the, like, there's second Enoch, third Enoch, that's garbage. But the first one, look at the first chapter of first Enoch and you tell me that's not the return of Jesus. So what it's makes a, you think, so segue, cause that's mm-hmm. what, that's what I do. I'm my, uh, my listeners know yeah. like a cat with a laser pointer. Good. Perfect. So so what makes one ver- the, the first book good and the rest garbage? Of Enoch? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, inconsistencies. Okay. Um, the first one says it was written by Enoch, the actual guy. Mm-hmm. The seventh from Adam, right? I mean, the Old Testament guy, way, way before Noah. Yep. That guy. And there's stuff in it. We're like, okay, at least he's being consistent and it's written in a style that's very like Genesis style. Um, And so we have like all those types of evidences, but we know because we didn't find second Enoch and third Enoch in the dead sea scrolls. They don't exist. They only come up. The first one was right. Correct. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. That was part of the scrolls. Yeah. Yep. And, but the later ones never were, and they were only hundreds of years after Jesus. Some of them a thousand years after. So, I mean, just for that, like we uh, think of it what you want, but we know it's not 
old. Right. <laughs> we know we know it shouldn't have been included because by that time, you know, the Jesus had come, Revelation was written, like that book is done. So you can read them for entertainment, but it's not biblical period, you know, writings. Um, plus, if you read the stories in them, they're not, again, it's not consistent. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like saying things that couldn't be right. Uh, oh, I agree. I agree. I was fascinated. Like when I stumbled onto the book of Enoch, a younger David. Oh, full mm-hmm. disclosure, you probably don't know this, um, which is cool. Like I'm 40, I'm 48 now. So like, you know, I've been questioning this for many, many years. Um, and I, I'm still like, part of me is, is, is still in disarray because I don't, I, I just have questions and no answers and I don't know if I'll ever get them. But the book of Enoch was the first book was interesting. And then the rest, I much like he was like, all right, this, this just doesn't seem kosher. Just yeah. the word kosher. But, <laughs> Literally. Yeah, or, yeah. or halal, whatever you want to yeah. say. It doesn't just doesn't seem right. I mean, you know, so. Um, Yo, I'm, I'm in your boat, man. I'm 44. You know, we're doing the same thing together. And again, there's no, there's no harm in asking. There's no harm in researching. God doesn't mind it. Not intimidated. And there's, but I would just say to counsel you on that, there's n- don't say you'll never know because you can. I think you can. Uh, we can get to the point where, you know what? Thank you. Thanks for that. Um, I'm settled. You know, that's a great feeling. And not to say we can know everything or any of that stuff. That's not it. But the, the big questions of life, the, if, if, if there is a God, if he does care, if he does want you to know something, then you can. Then you can. I mean, that's kind of like, to me, that's the point of why he preserved the Bible anyways, because someone was going to mess up his story. Right, he would. They were gonna get it wrong. They were gonna make him look bad. They're gonna make. Hey, and also, you want to hear why the you can rely on the Bible? Yeah. The the Jews in the Old Testament. Look, if and this is one I use with Muslims also. They'll say, "Well, the Old Testament was corrupted by the Jews." Like, pal, have you read the thing? You the Jews look so bad in every book. (laughs) Like they are constantly messing up. God is always angry at them. God is taking away their country. God is punishing them. God is saying, you have not been faithful, right? On and on and on. Every single way you look, even King David, mm-hmm. this is the, you know, I've, oh, King David, the, the great example of uh, the great Jewish king. He was a cheater. He cheated on his wife. He had the uh, husband of the woman killed, right? Uh, he was, nobody gets off scot-free in the, in the Old Testament. Every single Jewish person or situation was bad for the Jews. So uh, how could you say that if you write a book, if, if David were out to write a history of something, wouldn't David look pretty good? I mean, well, they say that those who win get to write history and that's that's one where I use that when I'm talking about politics because whoever wins the war gets to write the history. And And that's right. And and there's examples of, I think it was a North Korean or um, maybe Chinese example where like this one ruler literally had people photoshopped out of pictures before mm. there was photoshop <laughs> right so yes. yeah i i agree with you if they're going to if if, if i'm representing a people yeah. why wouldn't i want my people to look you know awesome a little bit yeah. humble you know right. maybe once in a while they stub their toe on an end table but they're not losing a country you got it you got it, you know, man. Like, hey, that's exactly you know, it's like right. Dad got mad at them, and they took away their their keys to their car. That's yeah. you know. So back then they didn't have cars, so he took yes. away the keys to their country. They were <laughs> slave for a thousand right. years. That's right. That's right. It's it's the worst autobiography I've ever read because they look awful. 
nobody gets out um, to the point where the thing ends. You read the Old Testament, the end of it is like, what was that? <laughs> like fade to black, nobody wins. It's all, you know, like what just happened? Um, wh- where, where is the good spin on this? There is no good spin. And so that's, to me, that's a huge proof that uh, it, it was not them writing it to make themselves look good. They didn't corrupt anything. They're kind of shamed by this. You talk to Jewish people today, or especially Messianic Jews, which are some of my favorite people, uh, because they know like all the sides, right, of the arguments. They've been to, everyone hates them. <laughs> There's no, you can't get out of it. Uh, I, I love Messianic Jews and former Muslims who believe in Jesus now, because they know all of it, right? They've seen every bit of it from every well, side. I, I, and I, I would love to actually talk to um, a Muslim leader. My friend uh, is, a, is a, a rabbi or studying to be, so mm-hmm. um, I get to talk to him a lot. Um, he'll probably disagree with that statement, but too bad. Um, <laughs> it's the truth. But I would like to understand, I, and, and I've, I've read um, a, a lot about different things, and I, I, as far as I can tell, somewhere back in history, there was a family feud and that feud between two brothers begot two religions. Mm. I could be oversimplifying or misunderstanding. I'm probably doing both, which not really. No, you're talking me, about Isaac, know. Isaac and Ishmael or Jacob yes. and Esau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Isaac and Ishmael. That's a huge thing to understand. If looking at the Middle East today, looking at the way the world is, that's a lot of what it is. Um, it's just like you say, one side said, no, I'm the chosen so no, I am. My dad is great. No, my dad left me. My dad cast me out and put me in the desert with my mom. That's not going away. You know what I mean? Like that has stuck with us. That, uh, yeah, it's only slightly and caused many, many. Yeah, I, think. I mean, that's what Islam is all about is an absentee father. Is like there's God, but he never talks to us. He, we're just his servants. We're not his children. Don't ever call God a father. Don't ever say he had a son. That's their bedrock belief. There's no way we can make ever have that kind of relationship. He is not a father. Don't ever say that he is not, he's not having a son. It's written, you know, the dome of the rock in Jerusalem, that big golden dome that everyone sees for miles around. Yeah. Written on the building in calligraphy in Arabic says, God has no son. So it is a real foundational tenant that goes way back to Ishmael because Abraham kicked Ishmael, right? And his mom out. Yep. They couldn't grow up with, with Isaac and the rest of the family, right? So right. They've, there's something, a spirit in there that's never let them go. And it's horrible. I mean, it's, it's a tragedy and it's a heartbreaking thing. Um, but you can see where all this, where Satan would come into that situation like somebody who's been abused or someone who's had a you know uh some type of crime against them he'll come in and use that say oh man you really you know you're you're the victim in this god doesn't like you you've done something so horrible that you can never recover all these things um so you can see to me it's very clear that's exactly what the enemy did when he took the arab peoples and they all had you know 12 12 princes of of uh, ishmael and they had their own country called arabia and but he Satan went right in there and said, Hey guys, I, I got you. Don't with this this Abraham and this God guy, his God, not real. 
I'm the real one, you know. Um, so there's that conflict, absolutely. And that's a basic foundational thing that even you're seeing it today still. You're seeing it today still. You're seeing it in Turkey and Syria and Iraq and Iran and all these places that are um, horrible <laughs> have come from this. And the Jews on the other side, again, if, if, we, don't, if we don't acknowledge that Jesus was a Jewish man and is a Jewish man, by the way, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it, you're going to lose all this understanding and you're going to become a hater all of a sudden. You're, as a Christian, now you're going to hate the Jews for no good reason because you think they killed the Lord or something like that. Uh, he is the, like, he's the line of Judah is, is still him, right? He's still from that family. He's coming back uh, uh, to rule Israel, to be honest with you, um, from there. And so if we're in on that, we got to be in on that. So if once you lose, you know, Jesus is not a Jew anymore, or uh, the, now they're removed from this. And, and on the other side, if you're a Jewish person, you can't ever believe in Jesus. Otherwise, you're, you're turning your back on your family right? Your yeah. people, you're no longer one of us. And I know that's true because I have a, f- a friend, personal friend who that happened to, uh, they'll shun you, you know, so you're not a Jew anymore. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, well, I'm, aren't there I'm Jews half, for Jesus? Like, oh yeah. Thing? Oh yes. And like, for me, I'm part uh, Polish, let's say, and I am and part Irish, right? So depending on what I believe, do I lose that? You know, do I, am I not an Irishman anymore? Because uh, I'm not an Irish Catholic. Uh, well, we, we, I go into the, this uh, quite a bit about ethnicity versus nationality. Mm-hmm. So, so no, I mean, it's that can, type of thing. It's yeah. like it's tied together to the point where uh, Jesus like disqualifies you all of a sudden. Like you're not the person who you really are because you believe in the Messiah. That's so this, bad. This also goes into, um, Christopher, my problem with organized religion uh, because you've got all the different religions. And I don't know how we can and i and i use an example about the the fermi paradox are you familiar with the fermi paradox uh remind me so that's the one where it's all the paradoxes about why we haven't been contacted by extraterrestrials oh yes yes yes, yes and yes. one of them is is that society gets to a certain point and it, and no no society has gotten to the point of intergalactic travel because um they get to a certain point and they self-destruct because they can't solve basically to quote a miscongeniality world peace. Mm. Um, the, the immortal Sandra Bullock or whatever yes. her character yes. was in that right. movie world yeah. peace. So like with, and in my mind, like, I don't know how do we, but if you look at like a star Trek future with Gene Roddenberry, you know, God bless him for thinking mm-hmm. of that. Like they were able to maintain their different religions, but they were still able to get along. Right. I, don't, I don't know. Like I worry about our world, how we're going to, we, it doesn't seem like we can get along. I mean, shoot, we can't even, you know, there, there was something that resonated with me the other day that read um, just because somebody goes to church doesn't mean they're a good person. They're just in mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. you know? So, and again, I, I'm, I, I don't, I worry about us as, as, as the human race. Yeah. Well, you should. This is, uh, that's not wrong. You know what I mean? I think, that, by the way, I've got about a five-minute warning uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's to fine. give to you. Um, but no, it, this is kind of the message of the cross, which is no, none are good. No, not one. Um, there's no way you can make it yourself. There, you can't do enough good to make up for stuff. 
Um, even if you are somehow perfect, the guy next to you certainly is not. And it's not going to, the world is not going to change unless the guy who made it changes it. And he will. And that, but that starts with, as we are right now, because he's not on the scene yet, um, that starts within us in that we are dying to ourselves. He says, he says, take up your cross and follow me. You have to die to yourself every day. Paul says, I die daily. I put myself on the cross. So like to, to elevate, you know, to, to sit down on purpose, your ego, right? And what your will, as a, uh, the Catholic would say, your desires, what's a, your mind, your will, your emotions, that's your soul. If you're saying, all right, Lord, uh, you, you, are, you know what you're doing. I'm going to go sit down. You take over. You shine through me. Do what you will. Say what you will. Uh, bring people to you. You know, save them. And get them out of darkness, depression, paranoia, death, drugs, you name it. All the sucky thing, violence, mm -hmm. uh, hatred. None of that's, uh, Jesus is not about any of that stuff, clearly. But at the same time, uh, he is bent on dispensing what is just. And he will. And he will. That's why we got to get right now while we can, while there's still time to enlarge the family of God, so to speak, right? Get right with him now because at a certain point, he's going to say, okay, kids, time for supper. All right, we got to go now. Uh, I'm coming. Clean up the table. And so he's going he's gonna to dish out all this stuff that we're waiting for. We want justice. We want equity. We want fairness. We want hatred to go. We want violence. We want war to end. And we should, right? Mm -hmm. But only he can do that. We cannot do that. We can't. We have to say we can't. My, my animalistic, you know, my way, what I want is for me. I look out for number one. Right? Yeah. I'm about me and my situation, my family, my country. Not that that's bad necessarily, but you're not doing it right. Your priorities are backwards. Right? If, you're not, if, he's, if he made everything, we got to say, okay, it's your call. You do it because I can't. My desire is to do things for me and forget you. Forget everyone else, not just God, every person. I got to do what's right for me. I got to survive. Survival the fittest. Right? I got to make do. I had to do what I got to do. Um, so there's that. That's not killing yourself. I mean, that's not you know, putting yourself on the cross. Uh, that's elevating yourself. And that's always going to get in the way. That's where these religions come from. That's where these uh, beliefs is. That's where these violence, because James would say, the book of James says, why do you have wars among you? Because you have lust in yourself. In other words, you want to do what you want to do. That's why you fight. Because you can't agree. Mm -hmm. Well, all we, all we have to do is agree with God and he, he'll set it. No problem. He'll set it up. So uh, I guess that's the sort of closing statement, which is, you know, sit down, let, if the, if the, if the Lord is in you, that's what we believe. If you believe in Jesus, you get baptized, right? The Holy Spirit is coming on you. So he's actually in you. The same one who rose Jesus from the dead, the same one who, who impregnated Mary, to be honest with you, uh, is the one who lives in you. So he can, he can do a fine job. So once we believe that, if we, if we let him take over, things are different. 
things look different. You change, you know, you look different to your friends or your people who knew the way you did things. Now it's totally different. And man, how'd you know that? Or what this, this is crazy. How'd you have that dream? Or, you know, how'd you know this? All kinds of crazy stuff can happen. Good, good, crazy. Um, if we just, you know, sit down for a minute and say, you know what? I can't do this. Humanity, we can't do this. We need, we need Jesus. And that's kind of the bottom line to me. And that's where he's okay. led me. No, no, I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your time. But before you go, which, by the way, this will probably be the shortest episode in like six months. Oh, no. <laughs> totally okay with that. No, no, I'm totally okay with that. Um, did we accomplish uh, what you wanted to accomplish by coming on the show today? I always want to make sure that that gets done. And if not, take the time to accomplish that now. Oh, yeah, man. Right, right from the get. You know, this is not an easy um message to to bring to folks especially if you're if we're not tracking um you know faith-wise to to know that yes there, you know god really loves you and he, and he died for you and he rose from the dead and he's coming back and that's the gospel and man this is exciting now um on top of that yeah there's things are coming before he comes to get bring make things right right to get justice to get wars to end to get all these things that we all want innately we don't want this stuff. Um, but before that happens, we and the world and Israel has to be brought to the point of um, understanding through um, chastisement that God is the only way that it's going to happen. Jesus is the only way that this stuff is going to happen. When, when the, I open the book, when I say never again, it's going to happen again. The Holocaust is going to come again even though nobody wants it, even though the Jews say, we're not going to allow that. And God bless them. Of course they would say that. And they're going to fight to the last man. But what if God allows it to happen again? Are they going to turn to him and say, you know what? We can't defend ourselves. We need you to fight for us. That's the lesson of the Old Testament because they refused to do that. Every time they said, well, I'm going to do this myself, Lord, I don't need you. They lost Right, but Moses wasn't up there holding his arms up, saying, "You know, blessing them from uh, heaven." They lost. Same thing's going to happen, and then we, as if you're a Christian, if you're the church, and that's every denomination. Okay, I don't care if it's Catholic, Orthodox, non-denominational, Lutheran, whatever. The church, if we see these things begin to happen, and if we're not where we should be, which is by Israel's side when this chastisement is coming then he's going to have questions for us. Where were you? Where were you? You know, and we're going to say, what do you mean? Where do, we didn't see you naked or hungry and clothe and feed you and stuff. What do you mean? You weren't here. I said, oh yeah, when you didn't do it to the least of these, my brothers, whether you think that means the Jewish people or the Christians who are persecuted today, if you didn't do it for them, you didn't do it to me. So we're responsible for that. So that's the only thing I would want folks to, maybe stew on as we, as, as we go off. Oh, I definitely think that's a good point to end on is that we are truly responsible for one another and uh, we are. Um, and that is a good, a good thing to um, remember is that we, you know, whether you believe in him or not, uh, wherever you fall on the spectrum, like it's our responsibility to take care of each other. It is. 
And you know what? Along the way, wouldn't kill everybody to be nice once in a while. <laughs> I'm not True. saying be nice every day, but let's try like once in a while. Let's start there. Dude, every day is good too, though, right? I'm good with every day, but like baby yeah. steps, baby steps, yeah. Christopher. I don't want to want to shock everybody. Yeah, you're, you're. All right. Well, I know you have to go. Um, so thanks for coming on. And if you want to be back on to talk more about whatever, uh, just reach back out. Uh, and people, if they want to get a hold of you, they can find you where? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter if you'd like, Manti4, M-A-N-T-E-I-4. Or if you still do email, uh, Christopher at wingsoftheeagle.com. Uh, and you can, any social media, you just type in Wings of the Eagle and uh, ministry will come up. Cool. And as always, people, it's podcast at gmail.com. And uh, there's the voicemail line, which is country code one. 585-210-0240. So thanks everybody for listening. Um, I know how valuable time is and you spent it with us today. So thanks for that. And uh, Christopher, thanks for being on. Thank you, sir.